Dancing with Skeletons is sponsored by Fresno Music Academy and Arts. Come join us. And if you're in the Fresno area and you're looking to take music lessons, you can come and take singing lessons, drum lessons, guitar, piano. It's a great, wonderful place. You can call us at 559-222-7464 or you can visit our website. Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> Hi, Liz. How's life? It's good. Looking at uh, some little technical things here. As we, <laughs> how do we look? We look great. I mean, here's video. <laughs> we can look at how we look here, and here's... Well, um, this is just our audio. Just our audio, yeah, so, so our audio looks good. Our mm -hmm. visual looks... I think so. <laughs> I don't know. We are what we are. <laughs> we are almost 60-year-old women. <laughs> And so we look damn good. <laughs> we do. We do. And I even, uh, when I put up the last podcast, which we, where we talked about um, being in a beauty pageant, yeah. I said, now that we're in our last year of our 50s, right. and I kind of, you know, exaggerated that point a little bit because you're not yet there yet. Almost. You turned 59 in May. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. oh, I know. How is that possible? How is that possible? I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? Aren't you grateful that we're still around? I'm grateful that I have my health yeah. and that I can still go running and yeah. I can still be active and I can still dance and I can still... I don't feel old. I don't either. Now, my grandmother died when she was... Uh, she was close to 59. She might have been 60. She might have been 60, 61. She was very young when she died. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I look back and I'm like, she was old. But... She wasn't. But, no, but she it, wasn't. She, she seemed old. Yeah. My mom did not seem old at 59. She was still very much, yeah. you know, she active. was still dancing and she yeah. was active and all that. But listen, if I can still get down and squat <laughs> with my grandson, <laughs> That's right. then I'm still, I'm still doing okay. That's right. And well. if he can push me onto the, onto the pavement and wrestle with me and all that, which he does often, and his mom's like, Wilder, you need to be careful with Nona. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He can he can go ahead and be a boy. He can just wrestle with me, That's which great. is awesome. Yeah, you know, I don't have any grandkids yet to wrestle with, but, but you will. But one of these days, maybe. Yeah, you will. So we'll you see. gotta keep that running so that you can. That's right. So that I, you I just can I tell people I why they'll why do you run? I hate running, so that I can keep my bones strong, so that I don't break any bones as I age. You know, I, know, I mean, I just want to stay strong. So I know that is why I run. Plus, for my mental health, it's good for my mental. Yeah, it is, isn't yeah. it? Mm -hmm. yeah. It really is. It helps yeah. with anxiety and all those kind of things. So, which is so important in today's world. I mean, mm -hmm. my gosh, how we need you know to just zen out every <laughs> once in a while because mm -hmm. you know this week we have had a week. It's been a rough week in our country. It's been a rough, rough. And, you know, it's it's difficult to say every single week, oh, my gosh, this was a hard week. I know. Oh, my gosh, this was a hard week. But it just feels like we're just having a whole mm -hmm. lot of hard weeks. Yeah. 
And so... And they all kind of repeat one another. I know, but, they do. But this particular week, there's been two events that have been um, especially hard. Yeah. And I think... So we're gonna we're talking about the two shootings today that happened, um, one the one in Atlanta and the one in Colorado, um, and I think I had heard that all through 2020 there were really no shootings of that kind of nature, right? And now here because of the pandemic, because so many mm-hmm. things were shut down, right? People weren't going right as many places, yeah, right? And so now here we are in just the first basically the first quarter of 2021. And we've already lost what, sixteen, seventeen lives in, I think in eighteen, because eight in the in the eight, okay. in the first and then ten in Atlanta, that's right. and then ten yesterday that's right. at the supermarket. You know, this is the definition. Gosh, I already feel emotional about these things, but this is the definition of terrorism. Yeah, you know, terrorism is. What happens when you are scared to go about your regular daily life? Right. That is what terrorists want you to do. They want you to be afraid afraid. of just living your life, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, you know, it really, really makes you think that I'm not safe anywhere, you know? I mean, I... When when you think about all the little things that you do every day, the right. places you go, you go to get gas, you go to the market, you go mm-hmm. to Target or wherever, you know, you have to go to Costco to get your prescription. I mean, you don't think right. that, you know, your life could p- potentially be in danger, but the, but the way that our world is set up, it potentially could be in danger. I know when we, when it's, this makes me think of when I sing at um, the bar that's right down the street here mm-hmm. and the way that stage is set up and there's this glass window that's right, right there and our backs the are whole to the are, are to the window and our whole the whole band is t- you know and almost every single time I sing in there I have a weird uh, like, I feel like I can't 100% relax because of that window and how that's situated. And, you know, that's an environment that, you know, I shouldn't feel scared in either. Right. Right. I mean, so when you think of all the little places, I mean, or or I think a couple of years ago, there was a shooting that happened in a doctor's office. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, what gets into the minds of people? I remember being in the uh, theater one night, and I was working, you know, at the theater as I as yeah. I do, and there were a couple of off-duty police officers, and they were seated up at they were seated at table four. And <laughs> if you have never been to the theater, you don't know what table four. I is, know where it, table four is, <laughs> but it's right up close to the stage, mm-hmm. and so they were right up against the stage. And one of the wives came over to me, and it's a table for four, so mm-hmm. it's a small little table. And so there's just the four of them sitting up there. And one of the wives came to me and said, do you think we could move? And I said, sure, is there, is there a problem you know, with your seats? And she said, our husbands are cops. And they're off duty tonight, obviously, but they are cops. And um, she said, do you understand? And I said, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I I'm, don't. I'm trying to understand that, too. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't. And she said they can't sit with their backs to the audience. They just can't enjoy the show if they can't see 
the audience. Oh my goodness. Right. Can you imagine just going through their life and and they're in situations where wow. they can't even enjoy a theater experience? Wow. Now this is their training. Sure. They're trained to, to be aware sure. of everything that's going on. And so luckily wow. we did have a of a seat back in the forties. Yeah. Which yeah. is back at the back of the theater. And so we did have a foretop that we were able to move them to, um, which was which was great. And they felt so much more comfortable because yeah. then they could just, you know, see I, everything that was going on. I can actually relate to that. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. So it's not just cops. I mean, there's people like you, there's people, you mm-hmm. know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that just feel anxious not being aware of what's yeah, going not, on. Yeah, not being able them. to see your whole environment. Right. I've heard I've heard people talk about um, um, their fears and like the minute they walk into a, a business or a hotel or wherever they're 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 looking around at where the exits are so that they know where they are on an airplane they get onto the plane they know where the exits are yes i mean yeah do we have we become that hyper vigilant of a and i don't you know what i I don't want to be that i don't want to be hyper vigilant i don't want to to walk into a grocery store and be afraid that i may not be able to leave that store right um, and so is that who we've become? I don't know, Liz. It kind of seems like it, it you kind know, of but it seems like we're all better than that, right? It, does. it seems like as a, as a community of a lot of people in this country, we're better than that. And yeah. it seems like we can come up with solutions to change this. Yeah. You know, I was listening to the news this morning and they were talking about just the gun laws again and, you know, how they just go round and round and round and round in our government and nothing ever changes and nothing ever gets solved. And, and why, Yeah, you know, are those gun lobbies that powerful? Yes. And, and yes. I, mean, I mean, the answer I, is yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. I think drugs and guns are the two biggest lobbyists I, uh, yeah. in, in, in our government. Yeah. So they lobby for protection all the time. It's, it's, it, it's something's got to give. And well, I don't and know. Be, what it's going to take. Well, and people, I mean, talk about fear-mongering. There's so many, you know, said, don't vote for this candidate because they're going to take away your guns. Right. And don't, you know, don't vote for this candidate because they're going to, you know, take away your church and they're going to take this away and they're going to take that away. But in reality, that is not what anybody wants to do. I mean, that's absolutely not what anybody wants to do um, because we do have rights in our constitution, but it is to protect us from the government is why the gun laws were kind of, were put into place. Not from the the citizens. Not from the citizens. (laughs) And, And the fact that we have guns that are being used against one another Mm -hmm. is just so incredibly shameful. Now, in the Atlanta uh, shooting, there's a lot of talk about what they think his motive, uh, his motive was. He says it was because he had a sex addiction. And these places, or these people in these places, were a temptation to him. Right. Um, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that, but I have actually tried to, to try to understand that. I, 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 I understand that a person could be struggling with sex addiction, but I don't understand that they would go to such an extreme measure to deal with it. Right. Right? right. I mean, 
I'm sure that a creative mind could figure out a better way to deal with their sex addiction than that. Right. I, I actually listened to um, this week two different uh, people talking about that young man and the environment that he grew up in, and he was a church-going young man, and how in the evangelical church, um, the whole purity culture right. pro- uh, makes so much pressure on on young people, and there's such um, a stigma against just kind of normal sexuality, sex and drive, sex, and that uh-huh, kind of, yeah. and and that um, that that perhaps could. Pl- could be a piece that played into why that young man felt so guilty, I guess, that he had to go do this terrible thing, the the worst thing that he could do. I mean, you know, I I heard some I heard some talk, too, about the Mm -hmm. purity culture. And, you know, when you're in it and you're you're young and Mm -hmm. you've got a young family and you're raising your children, of course, what you want is for them to be. A virgin when they get married, yeah. you know, you want them to be pure. You want them to save themselves. You want them, you want to protect them from all the difficulties that come with a sexual relationship. Because let's be honest, once sex is involved in the relationship, the relationship can get complicated. And it, it really can. And it becomes entangled and entwined. And I think especially for young women, yeah. it once the sex part's introduced, then it becomes more emotional for them, yeah. and and it's a lot harder to break it off if things aren't going right. And, um, and we it, want to protect our kids from that, plus the laws. Yeah. I mean, if you have an 18-year-old son who is involved with a 17-year-old girl, and they are involved in a sexual relationship, then if she gets upset with him, she can turn him into the police and he can be a sex offender for the rest of his life. Right. And these are, those are incredibly difficult situations. So you want to protect your children from that. And yet, are we being disingenuous? Well, are we not telling them how to deal with these sex drives as opposed to that is just wrong? It's wrong. It's wrong. You, you know, don't right. do it, don't do it. Right. Or should we be teaching them, you know, what's going to happen with their bodies and how to be respectful and how sexually. to be, yeah, and responsible and how to, how to enter into a relationship of that nature and when would be the right time. Right. You know, I, I mean, I think most of us, I know I wasn't a virgin when I got married. Shock. <laughs> The hippie was not a virgin when she got married. <laughs> but, but when I did meet my first husband, and I was a young Christian person, we did want to wait. We yeah. wanted to try to get to know one another. Right. And we did try to, you know, abstain from that. Um, until you knew each other really, really well, and your yeah, relationship was very, yeah. very well we, established. We did. We really yeah. did. And there was something sweet and special about that. Right. You know, there really mm-hmm. was. Now, did we? were we successful at that? <laughs> Maybe not all the way. But, but there was a conscious effort to say, you know what, before we just enter into that, let's, let's learn about one another, you know. Yeah. So, um, 
there's 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 got to be a balance between just doing whatever you want whenever you want and being completely abstinent, right? Right. I, and teaching kids to be completely abstinent when we should be teaching them, you know, about how to, uh, about about sex and and how to think and right. how to respect one another and how to respect themselves and how to have relationships beyond, right? You know, sex. Right. Right. I. It's 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 complicated. And if you're a parent of a teen. You know how complicated it is and how yeah. scary, and there's STDs yeah. and there's scary things, and you know, it really is. It's tricky, but I, for that young man to go and commit such a heinous thing be, and, and have that be the excuse and say that he felt so much shame, right? That this is what he had to do, right? I don't, that's it's that's hard for me to wrap my head around now. I know also they're also considering it a hate crime, perhaps against Asian people, right? And we have seen of uh, an acceleration of, of the number of hate crimes against Asian people. I know I, I was watching TV the other day and I thought I was gonna lose it. Because they kept, they showed just horrible, horrific images on TV of of crimes they captured from cameras on sides of buildings of an old Asian man getting shoved uh, to the ground, shoved to the ground, and killed and died. Yeah. in front of my eyes, and I'm just, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't do well with that. Yeah, I just. And so it, it's happened in, you know, a lot where we have large Asian populations in San Francisco and New York and, and other mm-hmm. places where there's large Asian populations. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of hate crimes against this population. And, you know, over the, my lifetime, the Asian population has truly been one of the most stoic and honorable mm-hmm. and hardworking and I mean, not to say that all Americans aren't that way, but honestly, they have had hate crimes against them for a very long very time. Very long time. Very long time. And back during World War II, what did we do in America? We put Japanese Americans in internment camps. Because of fear. Because of our fear. Right. Now, we claimed that we were protecting them, right. you know, from fear. But it was our fear Mm -hmm. against these people that they were going to somehow be uh, not loyal to the country where they lived, but they were going to be loyal to the country where their ancestors came from. And so we put them in internment camps and they lost, you know, their homes and they lost their property. Yeah, they did. I, I actually, in my life, I've actually known a couple different people whose like grandparents were right. in, in those camps, yeah. and you know ended up losing their business and their property and their you know and having to then, when they got out, having to figure out a way to start over and you know, so and you know they have hard. again they have been very. Um, honorable and stoic about it Mm -hmm. and they I've been to concerts where they have gathered together at a Japanese church Mm -hmm. and musicians have come to play music from that era and they sing along to all of those songs they get up and tell stories Mm -hmm. about their time in those camps I mean they kind of 
they they found reasons to celebrate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was just so much honor. And I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine why we did what we did. And I also can't imagine how these people have remained so strong. Right, right. I think it's it's the human spirit. Of, I do too. You know, I think human beings have an amazing way of overcoming. Yeah you know, adversity and awful things, you know, in generally speaking, we do. We are able to kind of rise above some of the stuff that, that happens to us. And, um, you know, I think of the, the families of all these people, I, you know, mom, I'm going to go to the grocery store and then they don't come home or whatever. In the Atlanta, just, in the Atlanta uh, shootings, I know that one of the um, moms, uh, she worked at a, a massage parlor that was about um, massage parlor. That's not even the right word, but um, when a, spa, these, a spa, a spa, yeah, it yeah. was a spa. And so she worked in the spa um, that was about oh thirty miles, I think they said from her home. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if she worked very very late into the night, she would spend the night at the spa. Okay. And she would call her sons, her oldest of which was twenty one, okay. and she would call them back at home. She was a single mom who had raised these boys, and who worked her butt off so that she could give them a better life. Right. And so she would call them every night if she wasn't home. She would call them to say that she loved them and to make sure that they, you know, had done their homework or whatever it was that they were supposed to do, you know, to keep everything just going the way it was supposed to go. And she just, she said that she loved them every night. And um, I know that they had started a GoFundMe for those two boys to try to raise like $20,000 or something to help them. Mm -hmm. And as of yesterday, it was over $2 million. Oh, my. And so these young men are going to be able to live their mom's dream, Mm -hmm. um, even though mom isn't here to see them do that. And that's a beautiful thing. That's just a beautiful thing. That's that's the community of, of people you know, getting behind and supporting and loving and reaching out yeah. and, and doing what humans do right. under what, these... What wh- good humans do. Yeah, horrible yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the grocery store, they they showed these the parking lot. I mean, I don't know why that, for some reason, just, just breaks my heart. All these cars mm-hmm. that are parked there that belong... To the people. To the people that passed away. I know. And I think that they were between the ages. I think the youngest was about 16. Mm-hmm. They they named all of them this morning and mm-hmm. gave their ages. The youngest was 16 or 17, and the oldest was like 61, mm-hmm. 65, somewhere around there. So you have this wide range of people, you know, from the young to the older to male, female. I mean, it was like there was no rhyme or reason. Yeah. And we don't know what his reason was. Well, and then and both of these young men are alive. I you know, survived it. I said that to, to my husband this morning. It's like a lot of times the people that do that then go and turn the gun on themselves. And this time that didn't happen. And then when they when they showed the guy, the Colorado guy, like he didn't have any clothes on. Like, why does he have any clothes on? Because yeah. originally when they called in, they said he, he had shorts on and he had this color shoes and he had this color shirt. And, and you he, know, they described him. And yet when he was finally taken in, he, yeah, he had he just had the shorts on. But I don't get that either. <sighs> <sighs> 
it's just, it's very, and, and Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, they, I mean, they have had a lot yes, they of have. shootings there. There's been the shooting in the in the movie theater mm-hmm. about uh, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago. There's been the high school mm-hmm. shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just not okay. Yeah, I don't, again, how does it stop, Liz? How does it stop? Make it stop. Well, you know, I think one of um, one of the biggest one of the biggest issues, of course, is and, and we talked about this last time when we interviewed Allison, mm-hmm. whose husband is African American, and we talked about racism. Yeah, and um, we have had so much racism in this country from the beginning. Yeah, you know, from the from seventeen. 75, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we, just, we <laughs> yeah. have been a very racist country. And I'm not, and I don't know the rest of the world as, I mean, I've been well, in other places. I, I think there's... I mean, I've been to Africa, mm-hmm. I've been to Europe, I've been to other places, so I, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty well documented over history that human beings have not been nice to other races of human beings. Generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Generally yeah. speaking. Boy, I remember growing up and my stepdad was incredibly racist. And I um, look back over those times when he would laugh about, he would call, he would see people working in the fields and he would have a name, you know, for those people. Yikes. And he would see people riding down the street and he would, he would, you know, say, you what? know, how many points? How many points have I you know, run this person over? What would that make you think? think or feel when you were a kid and you would hear him say things like that like I you know or or did you just kind of let it bounce off because he's an old man and well I mean (laughs) you know know. I think I think I was only what 40 or something that's not that my mom got married um you know I I don't it's funny because you you know when you're growing up in a home we've talked about Mm -hmm. when we grew up when you grow up, everything that happens in your home just seems is normal. just normal yeah. because it's all you know. Yeah. And so I just remember, you know what I remember? I remember a song that we sang in church. You know, I have definitely have my um, grievances yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about church and my sadness about my experiences mm-hmm. um, in church. But I remember the song, Family of God. Mm. Now, do you remember that song? I feel like I do. I can't. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Um, Anyway, hear that? I shall not sing. sing. I shall not. No, you Um, just heard her. (laughs) She can sing. But I remember being moved Mm -hmm. by that song one time when I sang it. We're standing there singing it. There's a group up on the stage, you know, Mm who would come to our church to sing. said, everybody sing along with us. Come on now. Sing along with us. Sing along with Jesus and sing. (laughs) And we sang the family of God. And I just remember, I remember being, I don't know, maybe 16 Mm -hmm. and thinking, oh, my gosh, like, those people, those people, those people, those people, We're those all... people, those are my brothers and sisters, yeah. you know? And it was like a light bulb. It was like it clicked with me all mm-hmm. of a sudden that... We're um, all the same. We're all the same. Yeah. And yeah. that that was racism. And, you know, my grandfather, um, rumor is that he didn't speak to my mom for the first two years of her marriage to my father um, because he was a very... 
um, he was a very German Aryan man. Man, <laughs> and uh, even though he was American, he kind of had the Hitler mentality, you know, and he wanted his uh, children to marry white German people. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, however, she was German, but she she was from Oklahoma, and I. I would love to do a blood test and do and do ancestry or something because I swear she might have been Native American because she had those incredible high cheekbones. Mm-hmm. She had kind of dark skin. Mm-hmm. She had darker hair. She could um, But she was German. Um, I mean, as far as anybody knew, she was German. And um, so my my mother and her brother were both very much German. They had blonde hair and blue eyes. They were both very much white right. little German kids. Right. And so my mother married my father, and my grandfather was mad because she married a black man. Wow. My father is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not black. <laughs> but he was, and his eyes are hate. Well, he's passed away, but they were hazel. You know, they weren't even yeah. super dark. Um, but she, he, rumor is, that my grandfather did not speak to my grandmother for about two years wow. because she, he was so disappointed in her for running off and marrying a black man. So when I was wow, born, is... his first words were, oh, she's so dark. <laughs> and um, two years later, my sister was born and she's white. She's got blonde hair, <laughs> blue eyes, and she was so white. And then the kids were born, you know, and I have a, I have three kids, all of whom were pretty white when they were born. My daughter especially was mm-hmm. very blonde and blue-eyed. And my grandfather adored her, you know, just adored her. Mm-hmm. But my niece is half Mexican, and my daughter and my niece are very, very close. They're like sisters. So I remember when my niece was born, here's this little a girl with wild black hair and mm-hmm. just the most beautiful, the biggest eyes, and right. the dark skin. She was just stunning. She still is stunning. But my sister, my blonde hair, blue-eyed sister, put her on my grandfather's lap when he met her for the first time and said, look, Grandpa, she's got dark hair just like Grandma. <laughs> I love it. By then, my grandmother had passed away. And she's like, you know, equating her to my grandmother. And... My grandfather lived to be about 99, and I'm telling you, those two girls, they would go visit him at the convalescent home, and they would give him wheelchair races. So maybe he, he, got, he ad- got over it. He adored them. Yeah. He got over sounds it. Like he, sounds like he softened as he got older. And, Absolutely. And I, I think people can change. People can change those those belief systems that that keep them you know, bound up like that. I think I I think we can change, and they they really are beliefs that have bound us up. Mm-hmm. We really are imprisoned by our own beliefs. The prison of belief mm-hmm. is something that has has grabbed hold of all of us. Mm-hmm. Was it you who posted that thing about? Um, oh, see now now I'm on the spot and I can't think of it. But there was a beautiful uh, post and. Um, I actually reposted it, and I'm not going to be able to tell you what exactly it says, but paraphrased, it would, it's like, I would rather have my mind be open than closed. Closed, open with wonder than closed by belief, or something like that. I don't think that was me, but I'm glad that you found that and reposted yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because it was, because belief, 
we, we cling to our beliefs so hard, like there's just no other options or no other ideas on this planet. Right. Then it's it it's so limiting. It really it's is. It's so so limiting, and and if you could just. Not you, me, all of us, all of us. It, in whatever area we have that keeps us, you know, kind of locked up just to open up a little bit. I, you know, I, in in this, the, the events of this week and, you know, they, they are kind of profiling the two young men that have committed these horrible crimes and, um, I've heard them say on the news and I, and I feel like some of this is true. It's like, you know, because he is a white guy, then we're trying to like understand and 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 humanize and almost humanize him. And I and I honestly, I mean, felt my own self kind of doing that, like really trying to understand. You know, not that he's not human, but yeah. at the same time, yeah, but like we're a little bit more empathetic towards mm-hmm. this towards the white man who did this right. crime as and, opposed and, to the. To the Middle Easterners that that exactly. perpetrated nine eleven exactly and I mean. and you know that's wrong I'm sorry and and so you know I I mean I wasn't it was more on that sexual part that I was trying to like wrap my brain around not right. not to not to say I have compassion for him because he has sexual addiction but to to try to understand how that could motivate somebody to do that I right. mean. You know, anybody, I don't care what your race is, anybody who takes the life of another person, you know, has has some issues. (laughs) And so... And what was it the sheriff said in Arizona? Um, I mean, in uh, in in Atlanta. Atlanta, The sheriff said, well, he just had a really bad day. Right. And this is what he did. And and that, uh, that... It's it almost makes me feel like I want to get angry. Yeah. That makes me angry that it would just be... So, I don't know, is glib the right word? Just just like, yeah, he had a bad day. Really? A bad day? Well, and now it's come out that that particular sheriff wow. had posted things on his social media um, where he was mocking the coronavirus and um, calling it the China virus and selling T-shirts that were, you um. know, it, that import, that the, t- the T-shirt said something about... You know, oh. the coronavirus in the Corona beer font mm-hmm. that said imported from China. Right. And so he himself has, in fact, engaged in that kind of rhetoric. Right. And so you have to believe that somewhere in his mind, mm-hmm. he himself was making excuses for this guy. Right, right. You know, and I, I just... Well, there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse. <laughs> there is And in the very beginning, uh, you know... COVID, um, the C-O in COVID uh, stands for corona. It's, mm-hmm. it's from the coronavirus family. V is for virus. Um, V-I might be virus. And then... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah anyway, I've seen it, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it has nothing to do with China. And Absolutely yet, in not. the very beginning, there were people saying, the C is for China. It's right in the name, people. Right. And it's, it's not. That's not true. Well, coronavirus has been around... For very long time, hundreds of hundred years, right, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, so. and I, and you have to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge. You don't necessarily have to believe it or not, or take this kind of stance. But you have to at least acknowledge that 
the president that we had prior to this election was using the word China virus over and over and over and over, which doesn't help the problem. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice the way I say it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? And you know, the interesting thing is, is 100 years ago, um, in the 1918 pandemic, it was widely called the Spanish flu. Right. And people did the same thing right. then to the, to the Spanish yeah. that they've done to the Chinese. And they've actually, they actually had a lot of um, hate crimes against Spanish mm-hmm. um, because it was the Spanish flu. Interestingly, though, that particular virus, it is believed, started in an army base in, in Kansas. Kansas. In Kansas. <laughs> I know. And then they were sent to uh, Spain. Right. And they were the ones that brought the virus to Spain. And then it just, you know, blew right. up from there and then, you know, right. it came back here. Um, and so we have just... We have just over and over and over again, we have demonstrated that this is a country that was founded on so many good, so much good foundation. Mm-hmm. And yet there has been a, uh, an elitism mm-hmm. that we have carried with us from almost the beginning. And it's hooked, I'm sorry to say, to evangelical Christianity. Uh, Christianity. Yeah. And Christian nationalism, which mm-hmm. people it's don't all... really like that term, but we have, we seem, we, we believed that our country was founded on Christian values or Christian foundation, mm-hmm. when in reality it was founded on freedom mm-hmm. of and from religion. Exactly. So were some of our forefathers Christian? Of course. But some and of they, them weren't. Some of them weren't. And some of the ones that say that you know we've been we've been told were weren't in fact right you know and so um it's 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 a it's a tricky predicament we find ourselves in you know i mean it's this is a whole globe we live on a globe of all different peoples and all different races that bring beauty and interesting cultural things and food and music and art we live on a globe that's just like a miracle it really of is. of diversity and and it's like i don't understand how people can't be in the awe of that and in the celebration of that and and that makes me cry yeah. i just it's so hard for me to understand what a person is thinking when they can't see the beauty when they can't see the beauty in another human who looks a little different so what and somebody who was born here just like you were and yet you're pushing them in a subway station because they look like you know and there was in 19 was it 1971 i just saw a story i i want to say 1971 but it was a um chinese man who was um who was uh, uh, thought to be japanese so okay. somebody you know and killed him because of japanese fears okay right um 
may have been the opposite. He might have been Japanese and they thought he was Chinese. But anyway, he wasn't even the race that they, you know. And this goes back 40, 50 years Mm -hmm. that, you know, people have been killed because of the way they look. Not even the truth of who they are. Right, right. But the way they look. Right. And it just absolutely kills me. It just kills me. I wish, you know, I, I watched a TED Talk um, and uh, boy, again, I'm, I'm wishing that I would have done a little more homework and gotten the name of this guy. But um, there's a TED talk by a gentleman who's he's he's not I don't know, maybe he's 50, yeah. maybe younger. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he used to be a white supremacist. Oh, gosh. And he was immersed, <clears throat> excuse me, in that culture, like like in it. Right. And. He had a paradigm shift. I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps all over just talking about him. He had a paradigm shift, and he began to realize that what he was doing was not okay. And he has spent the last however many years since he's been out of that trying to help and approach and befriend and people who are still in that to help change their minds. Mm -hmm. And when you see the guy, he's covered in tattoos and he's, you know, the whole thing. And past he, and he gives the most beautiful Ted talk Mm -hmm. about his, I'll say conversion and about his shift and about his mission in his life now. And, um, how he's changed his, I guess, his regret to into action and to change and to, to undo whatever bad he did. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's beautiful. If I can remember it, I'll say it next time. Yeah, or we can put it in the show notes. Or, yeah, because yeah, um, it was fantastic. Do you remember, did did you watch Oprah back in the day I when did. you were raising your kids? I, I did. Yeah. And so um, I remember, I remember this particular episode where she interviewed a whole bunch of white supremacists and she had them in her audience. Oh. And so this was early 90s. Okay. You know, late 80s. I mean, I don't remember yeah. when her show started. Yeah. But, and I remember the visceral reaction that I had to these people. I remember the visceral rea- reaction that they had to, to, to her presence. Wow. And they didn't hesitate to talk about, you know, what they thought of her, what they thought of. And yes, there was, she went back and she interviewed one or two of them 20 years later who had, who had changed, who had had a paradigm shift in there. Wow. You know, wow. and apologized, and oh, you know, I would love to. I would love to see if I can find that on YouTube. Yeah, and <clears throat> and it was really beautiful. And I just, you know, I look back at things that I believed, you know, and mm-hmm. I can't. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed because it just indicates that I have grown. Yeah. There's no use living in shame right. of who you used well, to be. It, it indicates that you live your life like this and that you're open to new ideas and new thoughts and new new people and new right. experiences and who knows what could be next. And Dancing with My Skeletons just says, hey, that's right. look at all that you've 
you know, been healed from. Yeah, yeah. Look at all that, all the ways that you've grown, the ways that you've changed. And I expect that a year from now, two years from now, mm-hmm. I will also, yeah. you know, be a different person. Yeah. You know, every seven years our skin changes. Why can't our heart? That's that's right. You know, every yeah. seven years, just every slough it off. It sloughs off every I, seven years. Ew. <laughs> I know. Vacuum that mattress out, baby. That's gross. <laughs> Um, oh, that's but so you know, on that note, mm-hmm. just I, I, we can't change somebody's mindset. No, we can't. But I can be the change I want to see in the world. Yep, and that's exactly right. So I'm not going to be afraid to go shopping at a grocery store. Me either. If I hear a loud boom, I'm going to hit the floor. Hit the floor. Hit the deck. <laughs> but I don't want to be afraid. And mm-hmm. I don't either, Liz. I don't want to live in that kind of fear. I don't know. I, I figure if 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 I'm going to believe and I'm going to walk my talk, yeah. you know, and I, I believe in a, a universe and a energy and a God that when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Yeah. And so if I, you know, I mean, and I have all these health fears that we've talked about on this show and I and I deal with those, mm-hmm. you know, but. But I still proceed. I still go get my vaccine, yeah. <laughs> even though I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I try to push through my fears and try to. So, so you and know. You survived, by the way, your second vaccine just I, fine. I yeah. did. Yeah. I didn't die. Yeah. We <laughs> but, are going, we, we can all be better. Maya Angelou said, um, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And there is no excuse, you know, for when you know better, you do better. And you don't apologize for who you used to be. You apologize for hurting people. Mm -hmm. You try to make amends wherever you can. But when your apology matters, it's because you're doing better. Right, right. And that's how you make sure that the apology matters. Yeah, I like that. Because you do better. When you said a minute ago about dancing with your skeletons, I thought, I want to fall in love with mine. I want to fall in love with my skeletons and dance with them every day. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because 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 I want to love who I used to be. Yeah, not just who I am today, but who I used to be. Yeah, she she might have been kind of crappy sometimes. She, but I want to love her because she was hurting. Mm-hmm. That's a that's right. And and now is a new today is a new day, and we can move forward. And so I. You know, in closing today and just thinking about these events of, of, of this week, um, I, I, I want to encourage you all to maybe take a little bit of quiet time and just maybe think about the families. And um, just I know that there's really nothing when you don't even know people, but I think being quiet and kind of centering on those kind of thoughts of, of sending them love. I think I, I believe that our thoughts are connected. And so they'll, they'll receive that and, um, just send them loving thoughts. Yeah. And, and love the people that and, you're and with love in the your people own world that you're today. Cause honestly, we just don't know. Yeah. We really don't know, yeah. but we can, but we can love each other right here and right now. That's right. Yeah. And what are you going to go do right now, Liz? I'm going to go get my second vaccine. <laughs> I am. I'm going to go get my second vaccine because I love 
you know, my brothers and sisters. I love my uh, my friends. I love my mom, mm-hmm. and and I want to protect them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to get my second vaccine, and I'm super excited about it. Good on you. Um, hey, let us know. Let it get get in touch with us at we dance with skeletons at gmail.com is our email or dancingwithskeletons.net. Mm-hmm. You can reach us through our website. You can see pictures. I posted a picture of me in my um, Miss Teen California <gasps> gown. I couldn't find mine. I need to find mine. <laughs> I know, because we need to put it up. <laughs> Listen, it's a very blurry picture because it's a picture of a picture. I should do a better job of scanning. I'll um, find mine, I promise. <laughs> but but we can, um, I, we just really would like to connect with you and let you know that we care about all of you. Mm-hmm. We really do. And um, I love you, Deb. Yeah, I love you. Have a good one. Have a great week. Bye. 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 <laughs>